My name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, this week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Paulette Harper. She's a two-time award-winning author. She's a speaker, a certified empowerment coach, and expert story coach. She has been featured in CBS, ABC, the Sacramento Observer, CBN, and NBC. In addition to all of this, Paulette is an awesome person, and she has an amazing story to share about how she found God. So without further ado, here is Paulette's story of how she found God. Hello, Pastor P. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing, Kiana? Thank you so much for having me on your show. You are welcome, and I am doing amazing. I am so happy to have you here. I know you've written a book recently, and I'll let you get to that in a minute. But the first question I want to ask you is, um, what was your childhood like? Um, I am the youngest of eight. So I have, yes, <laughs> I have... Um, Five, uh, four sisters and uh, now two brothers, one passed, but uh, the youngest. And so um, I grew up in a family where um, my next, uh, my, my brother older than me is a couple of years. And so it just, you know, the, the age span goes from, you know, I'm 60 now on up. So really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would never so. know. You would never know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we grew up as a, you know, a close family. My mom was a single parent. And so she did her best to, um, you know, raise us with the, you know, the limited access she had to, um, you know, whether it was, you know, work or food or clothing and whatnot. She did her very best. 
And um, so we grew up like that, not really knowing um, in the, if we were part of a stat, it would have been, we were in the low, you know, we were poor, but we didn't know that, you know, or at least I didn't know that because my mom made it uh, a point to give us the best that she could possibly give us. That is amazing because my mom was also a single parent. And it's funny because it just seemed like I didn't realize how, like you said, how poor we were. But I just knew that there was a lot of love whenever there was something fun going on. You know, we could do the fun activity. I didn't know who she had to borrow it from or what happened. (laughs) I just knew that we were able to do these things. So I didn't really figure it out until I got to be a teenager. And then after that, she went to school and things started to get better. But, yeah, I totally understand how that happened because you're just in a family with a lot of love and so you don't really pay attention to oh I don't have this you know it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just normal and this is my family (laughs) this is what it is yeah yeah that is so true and and you know it was um because we were close in age and um and so it was you know me and my my other siblings all in one home and so there's a lot of personalities (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, laughter, um, a lot of just really getting to know each other as family and whatnot. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, how we grew up, how I grew up. That is amazing. When you were younger, did you know anything about God or what did you know about him? Yeah, well, my mom um, brought us up in the, in the church as well as, um, as much as she knew. You know, right. and so she took us to church, and um, we were um, we'd go to church on Sundays, and then um, you know when you got to be, you know, a teenager, and you know you you kind of made your own decision to to attend, you know. But when we were younger, that was part of our fabric. We went, and uh, she took us. And, you know, we went to Sunday schools and whatnot. So we were exposed to, you know, the Bible. We were exposed to the Lord. But, you know, when you when you are so young, you don't really have an understanding of what that meant as far as knowing God. That is so true. That is very true. When you were younger, what is the one thing that resonated with you about God that you understood? Like that one thing that made you realize that he was real and you could talk to him? Like, what was that? Yeah, I think it was the fact that we knew when we went to church, God would be there, not knowing that he was everywhere, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not realizing he was everywhere. And I think for us, um, it was not really, um, you know, someone introducing, because he's a, you can have a personal relationship with him. Exactly, yes. You know, and, and not really knowing what that meant. So, you know, she took us, you know, to church and, and we would listen, you know, and, um, but you didn't really, for me, you did, I didn't really know who he was, you know, because, you know, being young, you don't really have an understanding unless someone teaches you that, you know, and so, um, so that's how that was. But I think, you know, of course, over the years, you, you come to know what that meant by going to church, you know, and what the purpose of going to church meant. Right. So as you got older into your adolescence, how did God translate and work? How was he incorporating your life, if at all? Because I know adolescence is a time where you're trying to find yourself and you're getting freedom and independence. So did God fit into your life at that time or was he just somewhere on the back burner? 
Yeah, you know, when I, uh, during adolescence and um, it was just really me living my life, you know, I, yeah. I came to know the Lord when I was in my early 20s. And, and that was because, uh, uh, you know, a, a friend of ours introduced us to the Lord, you know, we really had, um, he sat us down and, and, and really showed us what it meant to have an authentic encounter with God and have that relationship with him. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a believer of even when I didn't know him, he knew me. You know, he knew all about Paulette and he allowed me to experience life. He allowed me to be away from him. Um, and, and he knowing he that one day I would come to know him, you know, and um, and even me not knowing him in all of those years that I was away, um, I, there was still the fact that I he still watched over me. You know, he still protected me. He still um, allowed me to discover life um, and even him being that still small voice, you know, and me not even recognizing that, but knowing and looking back now, I know that there's many occasions that his hand was on me because there's so many things that I could have um, been exposed to. There's so many accidents that I could have had, you know, that I could have been part of. There's so many things that could have turned out differently for me as if, you know, his hand was just off my life. But I'm, you know, I came to know the Lord in my early 20s because somebody really took the time to really sit us down and sit me down and say, this is what it means to, you know, have that relationship with the Lord. That is amazing. That just blows me away. That's so awesome. <laughs> so I know you're a writer. So how yeah. did, um, did you always know that you wanted to be a journalist or an author, or was it something that developed over time? Yeah, you know, it was something that developed over time. Um, I had gotten married, and um, and in my 40s, um, I had I went through a divorce. And so um, I wanted to, I, it was just really a nudge. I, you know, by the time I'm 40, I know the Lord, I have this relationship with him, you know, and I'm a minister and whatnot. And so, um, you know, when I was in my 40s, um, I went through a, a, a very traumatic experience and that was going through my divorce. And so I began to just really write about my story. And so um, I didn't know anyone who was an author. I had no idea how to write a book <laughs> or anything like that. I just knew that I had a word from the Lord. He, you know, had prompted me and nudged me to write my story. And so I just did. And uh, I just began to journal um, the things that he had did, you know, from the moment that, you know, I, I was dealing with a lot of emotional trauma, dealing with depression and anxiety issues and, you know, just really severe depression and, you know, and rejection. And, and I had to write about the, those things that those emotions that I was going through, but that whole process of, you know, just God really restoring my life. And so, you know, when I began to share my story and write my story, I had no idea what I was going to do with it. You know, I just sat down, I began to write, um, I write, um, they call it a pastor where you just kind of sit and you just write. That's just kind of how I flow, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had no outline. I just 
I just started writing. I knew it was about me. I knew what I wanted to write. I knew the chapters that I wanted to write. And so I just began to share. And um, it wasn't until, you know, after I finished, I looked at the manuscript and I'm like, okay, now what am I going to do with it? Because I know I need to publish it, but I have no idea how, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I sought after, you know, a publisher and, and got it published and whatnot. But that was my first book, you know, and so it was a great experience for me, but I also wanted to learn how to self-publish and I wanted to, you know, really take my power back about writing. So, you know, to to answer your question, no, I didn't grow up saying, hey, I'm going to be a writer one day. No, it was really uh, a nudge from the Lord that really pushed me in into that um, into that arena, into that profession. Wow, because I know sometimes we don't intend to do things, but like you're saying, how it's therapeutic for you and you're just writing to get it out. And it's amazing because you probably didn't realize at that time how many people you were going to reach and how many people you would help because people go through the same things. And I know, especially if you're in church and you have a divorce, I don't know, some type of stigma to that always. And I don't even understand why. And so I know that a lot of people probably were going through some similar things that when they read your story, it actually helped them out a lot. Yeah, yeah, it really did, you know, and I got a lot of feedback from it, from people who had read it, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, we were pastors, and so we got divorced, you know, and so, of course, you're talking about stigma, it really is, it's, it's something that, you know, the church really needs to deal with, because it's so heartbreaking when you go through it, and then the church, and, you know, they don't understand, and they don't know how to minister to you, you know, and so you just find yourself alone, but, um, but yes, there have been so many people, you know, women who were able to and still is able to just really identify with the story because divorce happens. It happens to Christians. It happens to everyone. And that's, you know, it's a part of life. And we have to just really learn how to maneuver through it and find a way to just really do life differently than we've done before. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that at the time you were going through your divorce that you did feel alone because it seemed like the church maybe didn't understand what you were going through. While this was going on, how did that affect your relationship with God? Did it bring you closer? Did Like, what happened with that? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> it's funny because you find yourself alone, but you're not really alone because God is with you, you right. know. And so when the absence of people um, is there, then God feels that because you find yourself uh, really uh, seeking him more. You find yourself in the word of God more. You find yourself praying more. You find yourself needing, you know, a, um, you know some, some wisdom, and you, you're asking all these questions that only he can answer, you know. So my relationship definitely um, grew with him, and I was at a place, I was at a low point, a low place, but I knew that there was something that God wanted me to do. I knew that he didn't just allow me to go through that that divorce just in vain, just because he wanted to teach me some lessons. Yes, I learned some lessons, but there was something more that God wanted me to do. And I found that through writing, I found that 
purpose for getting through what I was getting through. He wanted me to write my story because there were so many other people that had stories just like mine who, you know, their voices were muted because they didn't know how to share, you know. And so um, my relationship with him became the center of my life because when everything else around you is removed and your sense of convenience and your comfort zone is also removed from you, then you, what do you have left except the Lord? But he should be always the first thing, you know what I mean? He should always be the first um, one in your life that you go to. And so for me, it was just rearranging a lot of things in my own personal life that were out of order. And, And that was, you know, my, my relationship with my family, um, you know, with my my ex now and even my kids, you know, because God wants to be number one. He, you know, he, he wants to be first and priority and everything else um, becomes secondary. And so, you know, during that time, um, he became first, you know, and there were so many things that he showed me in that in that process and in that journey that I know now that, you know, whatever relationship I, you know, I, I become, whatever relationship I get involved in, whether it's being married again, I know that that person can never be, you know, first, it has to always be the Lord. Yeah. You said two things. I'm going to piggyback off of that. I love that you said the first thing that you said is that when you were going through this time, you know, that it, God did not cause what happened to you to happen because a lot of times we, as people who, as religious people or people who are in church, you know, we get it in our mind, like, well, this happened because God wanted it to happen. And I'm like, no, I'm sure God had another way to teach us something <laughs> than putting us through a horrible experience. Now, he, like you said, you learn things from that experience because I don't think that God, you know, every experience, we're going to learn something from it. But it wasn't that God purposely did that to you. It was because life happens. We live in a sinful world. And sometimes things don't go as we plan. But through it all, God was with you, and he helped you get through it, and you learned some lessons. So I love that. And I also like how you were saying how you realized God wanted to be first in your life. And I can totally understand this because there are times, you know, like when you're going through something, and the first thing you do is call friends, try to find people. And I noticed with me personally, sometimes when I try to do this, like nobody will pick up the phone. I can't get through to anybody. And then, and then I find myself saying, okay, God, I get it. You want me to talk to you? Because it's one of those things. It's like we look for people first and we sometimes go to God last, even though that's not our intention, but it's just right. how we are sometimes. So I love that you said you realized to put God first in everything, even before kids and everything that's going on, God should come first. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're absolutely correct. It's, I think it's just part of our nature to look for, you know, um, you know, humans to help us solve yes. our problems. But, but in reality, you know, it's, it's really about our relationship with him because he's our daddy, you mm-hmm. know, and he is the first person that we should, you know, act, you know, for, you know, whatever it is we need. He's the first person that we should counsel or, you know, console with, you know, whatever problem that we may have. He's the first person that we should talk to. And, you know, and the thing about it is in talking to him, it's just how we're having a community, a conversation right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I can, I can be anywhere in my home and I can have a conversation with the Lord, 
you know, and, and that could be in the shower, I talk to him, it can be in my closet, I'll talk to him, my bathroom, I'll talk to him, I'm, I'm at my kitchen table, I'll have, you know, I'll talk to him. So I, I can just start having a conversation with him. And because he's everywhere, he'll speak to me everywhere, you know, even when I'm in the store, I can have a conversation with, with him, you know. And I think that's the thing when when you really get to know who God is and you have that relationship with him, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, getting up every Sunday and finding him in the church. No, he's he's right where you are, you know, and that's where you can just really have that, you know, talk with him and, and that fellowship with him and commune with him right where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. He's everywhere. No, I love that because there are times I'm in the store and I can't find something. I'm like, God, where is this? Or can I find this cheaper? Because I really don't want to pay this amount of money for it. And it's funny because I will find what I'm looking for. Even when I can't find my phone or my keys, like, God, show me where my phone is. Where are my keys? And it's like, I just look where they are. I just randomly walk somewhere and I just see them. So yeah, God is everywhere. And I think that is something that we don't always think about because you Mm -hmm. think, we only can have God in certain situations. So we don't think of God as being part of our lifestyle, part of our everyday lives. We just think yeah. of him in pockets, like, oh, I'll have devotion, so God is there. Or like you said, I'll go to church, God is here. But he's everywhere. And yeah. he wants us to talk to him and be friends with him. <laughs> he knows yeah. that he loves us that much. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, you know, and sometimes we get the idea that, you know, he, he doesn't care about the, or we won't bother him for the small things, you know, no, he says that, you know, um, he would perfect the things that concern us, everything that concerns us, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I'm just like you, I, I could have lost something, my keys, or even when I'm, when I'm in the car, you know, I'll have a talk with the Lord, and, you know, oh, I need a, I, I need a park, you know, I mean, something as simple as that, because he's listening, you know, and those are the things that you can, you know, and once that happens, you know, it's like, thank you, Jesus, you know, because it's in those little things, because he wants you to know that it's the small things that you, that you think um, he doesn't concern himself with you about and it really he does he's really concerned with those things and and he's concerned with the bigger picture too about us but I think when we can just look at him as you know um the 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 person that he is that he wants to have that relationship and that we can talk to him about the little small things and then the real big things his ears are still open to us I like that. Now, I know you're a pastor, so I'm going to ask you, because I don't think I asked, how did you become a pastor? What led yeah. you to this field? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, when um, when I gave my heart to the Lord in my early 20s, um, my husband and I, we, we started pastoring together, and it was just really um, just having a, um, a, a desire, a nudge. Um, just being impressed, you know, in my heart that he wanted me to just really, um, you know, minister the word and, and, and be, you know, a mouthpiece for him when it came to the Bible. And so, you know, and that's really where it all started was just me saying, okay, um, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, you, you have this impression upon your heart to do something, whether you are an artist, a doctor, 
um, you know, you want to be an engineer, you want to get your degree. It's impressions like that that are instilled upon your heart and you're not fulfilled until you do those things, you know? And so, and that's really what it was, how it happened to me when it came to, you know, being a, a pastor. It was just really the impression that God had gave me that I want you to, you know, be my spokesperson. You know, I want you to be able to teach other people the scriptures and the word. And so that's really where it came. And, um, and you know, and I've been a minister since, for over 20 something years, wow. you know, really over 40 something years, I've been a minister for over 40 something years and just really, you know, sharing the gospel with, with those who have ears to hear and then being able to speak and articulate, you know, um, you know, what God is saying, you know, from the word and bringing revelation to people and just really leading them to that, um, you know, authentic relationship with the Lord. And what you're saying is tying into a sermon that I heard a couple weeks ago when it was saying how to um, hear the voice of God or how to listen to him. Because sometimes we think about our lives and we're like, I don't know what to do. Is this the right thing? What should mm -hmm. I do? And just like you said, the impressions, you know, just a deep desire to do something. And I think sometimes we miss that that's God actually talking to us. He's trying to lead us and guide us in the right direction that we should go in. So I love that you've had this experience throughout your whole life because it seemed like God has really been trying to lead you in a way that maybe you didn't expect for your life to go, but it's going in a way that he wants you to go. Yeah. I find that yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, because, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, decisions that I've made in life. Um, you know, divorce wasn't one of the things that I wanted, but it happened to me, you know. And, and even, you know, with that, it was a turn that I had to take. And... And so in, with that turn, I had to be, you know, you know, accustomed to, you know, doing life, just me and the Lord, you know, and then him just really orchestrating my steps because, um, you know, I, I met my, my husband when, when I was 16. So we had known each other all of my life, you know, yes. you know, and so now I'm at 40 and now I'm, you know, doing life, you know, you know, apart from him. And so I have to find myself and I have to just really rely on the direction and the um, instructions from the Lord about my life. What am I going to do now? Where am I going to go now? What do you want me to say here? What do you want me to write? What do you want me to do with my life? You know, and just really finding him as my, my center, my center, um, being the center in my life and just really orchestrating it in, in a different direction, you know, but that was the direction that, you know, he had known I was going to take from the foundation of the world. It was something that I didn't know, but he knew because he knows all things, you know, and I had to say yes to that. And with that, it just brought me to a place of, I mean, God has just really wowed me over these years and just has really done some amazing things in my life because of the things that I had gone through. Is there something that you can tell someone based off your experience with God and based off of what you've gone through? What advice would you give to someone who's looking for God? Yeah, you know, I really believe that, um, as I mentioned, he's everywhere. And if you really, you know, the Bible says, seek and, and, and you shall find, knock, the door will be open. And um, you know, when we really want to seek the Lord, you know, he's just a prayer away. Yeah. It's just that simple. You know, sometimes we make it so complicated, 
about, you know, you know, people, you know, wanting to come to know the Lord, but it's, it's really a prayer way. You know, you don't have to get yourself together because you're not perfect and you don't have to do all these things before you come to know the Lord. No, come just the way you are and allow him to change you from the inside out. And so it's just a matter of, you know, right where you are, you, it's a, just a little prayer, you know, Lord, come into my life, you know, because he wants to live his life through us. And in order for us to do that, we have to give him permission, you know? Yes. And so once we give him permission and that's by accepting, you know, what, um, you know, what Christ has done for us on, on Calvary being that, that, that sacrifice and, and, and coming to save us from our sin and, and just really, you know, right where people are, you know, and it's just really accepting what he's done for us. And then that simple prayer, Lord, come into my life and lead me. And he will do just that. That is some awesome advice. So tell me a bit, little bit about where we could find your book. How can people get in contact with you? Because I know I'm enjoying my conversation and I'm <laughs> sure our listeners are enjoying it as well. So if anyone wanted to just get in contact with you and find out more about your book or what you're doing, where can we find you and where can we get a copy of your book from? Yeah, um, you can go to my website, which is pauletteharper.com. And then, of course, on Amazon, my latest book that um, was released on June the 15th is called Resilience in Hard Times. Uh, Amazon bestselling, uh, best-selling book. And so well, all congratulations. of my Thank you. All of my books are on Amazon and then, as I mentioned, on my website as well. Thank you so much. And where can we get in contact with you? We can just go to your website and contact you, but where are you on social media? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my website and then on social media, on Facebook, I'm Pastor Paulette Harper. Also, uh, on, um, uh, as Pastor P, I'm on IG. I'm also on Clubhouse as well under Paulette Harper, uh, Twitter. So you can, you know, you can find me on all the social media outlets. All right. Well, guys, I'll make sure I put all of her information in the show notes along with links to get copies of her book. Thank you so much, Pastor P. I enjoyed having you on, and it's been a blessing. Thank you for being with us here on Finding God. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. What an awesome interview. My favorite part of the interview is where Pastor P talks about how through all her struggles, through all her trials, how she realized that God was all she needed. She realized that God was first in her life and how sometimes that can get out of place when you have a lot of things going on but she realized that God loved her he was there for her and he wanted to be first in her life and that he was first in her life and that she was going to keep him first in her life another thing that I liked about this is when she talked about how when she was going through different things she understood that it wasn't her fault God was not punishing her and so many times I have heard people who have said things like well you know it's my fault I should have done this I should have done that or God is punishing me. But she knew that was not the case. She knew that she was going through something. She was going to learn something from it. But that God was not punishing her. And I think it's important for us to realize that. Because sometimes God has been presented to us in a light. Where we feel like God is punishing us. And bad things happen. And that's absolutely not the case. Yes, sometimes our decisions get us where we are. Or sometimes it's life. And a lot of times it's life. We live in a world where good things happen and bad things happen. 
So when bad things happen, it doesn't mean God is punishing you. It's just life and it happens. But always remember and always know that God is with you and that he's going to get you through whatever you're going through and that he's not punishing you. He loves you. You're, it's, just experience, it's just an experience that you're having because we live in a world that is full of sin and we are in this thing called life and this is just what happens. Life happens. So just know this and wherever you are, know that God loves you, know that he's with you and talk to him. Just talk to him and let him know what you're thinking, how you feel. And I guarantee God will definitely hear you and God will be there and he is there for you. Now the song we're going to listen to today is called All You Need. It's by our artist of the week, Rush, R-U-S-H-E. And this song is amazing. I absolutely love it because it lets you know that sometimes things do get crazy, but God wants us to know that he is all that we need. So here's the song by our artist of the week, Rush, called All You Need.
before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for hanging out with me each week. It's an honor, a pleasure, and a joy to spend time with you each week. Now, if you would like to get in contact with me or Paulette Harper or Rush, R-U-S-H-E, all of our information can be definitely found in the show notes. All you have to do is click on the show notes and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. I also want to encourage you to share this podcast with a friend or family member so that they can also hear these wonderful stories of how people find God. If you would like to be a guest in the show, click the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know you'd like to be a guest. If you're an artist who likes to get your music featured on the show, do the same thing. Click the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to get your song on the show. And it would help a lot if you could also send me an mp3 of the song you would like to get on the show. All right, well, guys, I think that is all for me. If you have any questions, you know how to reach me. But until we meet again and listen to other amazing stories of how people find God, I want you to have an amazing day, an awesome weekend, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.